1: Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Alex. Whether you're listening on podcast services or watching on YouTube, I wanted to talk a little bit about the NFL Combine today, and specifically how some of the performances at the Combine will end up affecting the Chargers. Um, and by that, I mean you know, kind of a stock up, stock down on some of these prospects. Can the Chargers still get some of these guys at 17? Have they gone out of the second round for the Chargers? Let's see, um, you know, who did well at the combine, who went stock up and stock down. And to me, there's no better place to naturally start this conversation uh, than the big man himself, who we've talked a lot about a lot on the show. But uh, Jordan Davis, man, had himself a bit of a day. So these are all courtesy of uh, Math Bomb on Twitter. Uh, The guy who does RAS, uh, Relative Athletic Score. Um, And the numbers on Jordan Davis from this combine are just absolutely unreal and fantastic uh, to to just watch. Jordan Davis, 341-pound Jordan Davis, scored the highest RAS score of all time, only behind Calvin Johnson. Um, Only behind Megatron, ran an insane 40 for his size, a 4.78, crazy vertical, just all around um, what an insane combine performance for Jordan Davis. If you want to look at some of the numbers yourself here, but what this really established to me about Jordan Davis in this class is that the chargers, maybe sometimes we talked about them trading back in the draft to then select him. Right. Um, because, you know, you want to get some extra picks because Davis doesn't provide that positional, you know, versatility per se. Maybe he is just the two down player, like Steven likes to say all the time, but to me, this combine and, and the reaction to Davis's combine specifically from other NFL teams made it clear to me that he's not going to slip past probably pick 20. Um, I don't think there's much of any chance of that happening. And frankly, I think you look at some of the teams in front of the Chargers and I wouldn't be surprised if they took Jordan Davis themselves. Um, if you look at the Eagles, for example, Fletcher Cox is a uh, free agent after the season. And I wouldn't be shocked if they took Davis there, but uh, insane combine performance for Jordan Davis. And I think he established himself as a guy who firmly belongs in that discussion of, you know, uh, one of the best combine scores. And despite his position and despite the weaknesses that maybe we talk about there in terms of draft position, he's going to go high. And I I think deservedly so at this point, we'll see if that's to the Chargers or not. Uh, The second player that I would like to discuss uh, is Connecticut DT Travis Jones. Um, So Travis Jones was a guy that I think we did a mock draft actually on Sunday. And this is before uh, PFF and the draft network got updated with all the combine stuff. And we took Travis Jones in the second round. And based on what I'm seeing over here and based on how he tested uh, how he ran the 40 and, and, you know, his height and weight measurements as well as his explosiveness. To me, there's no chance that Travis Jones will be on the board when the Chargers select in the second round. Uh, he had himself uh, an absolute weekend as well. Not quite as good as Jordan Davis. But uh, to me, Travis Jones probably moved from someone who was like a mid to late second rounder to someone who is probably an early second rounder at this point. So I think the Chargers would probably have to trade up to get him, which is why when you get into like the Jordan Davis, Travis Jones discussion, it might make more sense for the Chargers to take Davis at 17 if, you know, the DTs are kind of just going to run off the board pretty quickly in the second round. But we'll see. Uh, I, I do think Travis Jones, who we took in our mock draft in the second round, probably won't be actually available when the Chargers are up to pick in the second round. Uh, I think that's a very fair statement to say at this point. Uh, I'm going to kind of do a little bit of rapid fire. Uh, I wanted to mention Devontae Wyatt before we get into Traylon Burks. Devontae Wyatt, and really the whole Georgia defense. <laughs> it was just crazy. Had themselves uh, a weekend, too. Uh, I, I, you know, if you're drafting at all, any of those Georgia defensive players, I really think you can't go wrong at this point. Uh, and I think they showed that in Indy this week. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about wide receiver stock up, stock down, uh, just because I think that's probably a, one of the positions that people talk about the Chargers selecting in the first round the most. Whether it's a guy like Alave or Wilson, uh, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, right? Uh, we, we've seen really all of them get some kind of hype, and Traylon Burks ended up testing okay. Um, I, you know, his vertical wasn't great, especially for someone, his size, I think people did expect a little bit better there. Uh, his 40 yard dash, I think he ran a four five, five at first and then ran a four or five, or it was corrected to a four or five. So 40 time, not bad. I, you know, he ended up doing okay in the, uh, splits as well. So, you know, when his times got updated, they were pretty decent, Um, but yeah, to me, this is one of those combines for Traylon Burks that could have been his, I'm going top 15 moment, right? Where, you know, if he ran the 40 and let's say he ran a four, four had a better vertical and, and, you know, did all those kind of things. To me, that's a guy who really just because of his intangibles could have gone maybe even before Garrett Wilson. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we've seen how much in the past having a good combine or just having a great 40 yard dash can like completely change your draft portions. Uh, or you know we saw that with uh, John Ross all those years back when he broke the 40 time record, which still stands after this combine. John Ross uh, still lays claim to that record after Taekwon Thornton's time was uh, corrected. But yeah, to me, Burks is a guy who could have had a better combine, but I think is still probably going to be drafted late first, early second. That this really could have been a moment for him where he kind of moved up and maybe even vaulted past where the Chargers were picking. But that didn't quite happen for him uh, for a couple reasons. But let's talk about some of these other wide receivers. Um, I know there was some discussion about Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Chris Olave ran a really fast 40 at first. so He ran a four two six, 6 and then he got corrected to a 4-3-9. So the timer must have been really off that day. But Garrett Wilson, to me, Garrett Wilson had a combine where he really cemented himself as CB1 or not CB1, sorry, wide receiver one. I know that's, you know, a little bit tic-tac for me to say because I already did have him ranked there. But to me, this combine made it clear that he's the most complete receiver in this class. I think athletically, he's going to be the guy that a lot of teams are most comfortable taking potentially in the top 10 Um, So to me, you know, the wide receiver game really starts after him at this point. And I think he established that at the combine. If he had a bad combine, maybe there'd be questions, but uh, put up one of the fastest 40 times for the receivers um, and tested well pretty much everywhere else too. So uh, to me, Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave both did well for themselves. But I think you look at uh, Garrett Wilson, and he's still going to be the pretty clear wide receiver one. Christian Watson, um, I think, had himself a really terrific combine. Uh, I think before they corrected the numbers, he put up one of those uh, ten uses, which is you know uh, basically like a perfect score. So he didn't end up getting that because I think his time got corrected from like a four two eight to a four three six. Um, you know, because of how how they keep time there, but really everything you saw at the senior bowl with Christian Watson was kind of just really put a stamp on at the combine, right. In terms of his height and weight, like really great. Uh, his vertical is just insane. Uh, the way that he's able to kind of like shift his body as well. Right. Um, and not just the 40 yard dash, but the 20 yard and 10 yard splits too um, are pretty crazy just because, you know, we've seen how he's able to turn and make use of his height, make use of his length, but also has some great bend to him um, and, and, and was really just incredibly athletic. So to me, Christian Watson has gone from a guy who was going to go in round four to a guy that I don't think is going to make it out of round two and maybe a guy who gets selected in the top half of round two, which is crazy for a guy who comes from North Dakota State and who is competing with all of these other uh, FBS receivers but to me, Christian Watson had himself a day and, and hats, hats off to him, um, because I, I think that's really, really hard to do for the wide receivers. Um, I think there were a couple others that I wanted to mention. Uh, I don't think Drake London ended up, you know, that's that's a bit of a stock down, didn't end up doing a lot of the combine drills. I think he just did the bench press. I don't think he ended up running the forty. Uh, I don't know if he's going to do that at his pro day or not, but that might be a slight stock down situation for him. Jamison Williams, obviously because of his injury, that's a situation where he wasn't going to run the 40 anyway, but uh, I I do think that's an interesting discussion to have. Uh, David Ajabo, uh, on the other hand, tested like an absolute freak at the edge position. His height and weight, you know, didn't quite measure up to kind of what you want in a defensive end. Just okay in that regard. But it's vertical, I mean, his, he's able to get off and then had a really impressive 40 time as well, uh, and as well as his splits. So to me, he established himself as a guy who's very clearly going it somewhere in that 16 to 24 range. Um, and maybe he was going there before the combine. But to me, maybe he's a guy who, because George Carlaftis did not run the 40 times and David Ajabo did all the drills maybe Ajavo can kind of move himself past Karlaftis in the minds of a lot of these GMs. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think in theory, it really is a possibility um, nonetheless. So we'll we'll kind of see what happens there. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about Daniel Falele. Daniel Falele didn't I don't think he did a ton. These are some of his measurements I know from the um, senior bowl. So uh, I think he just did a couple drills at the combine. I don't remember uh, if he ran the 40 and stuff, but these were some of his previous measurements as well. Um, And, and Falele unfortunately tested really bad. And that, that was the concern I think coming into this combine from the senior bowl obviously is a really big dude. At 400 pounds, you know, he's 6'8", and you see those height and weight metrics really pay off for him, um, but did not have a really good performance on the bench press, which is, I mean, kind of bad for someone his size. I believe he ended up doing 24 reps, Uh, and, yeah, it just, it just wasn't very good. For for someone his size, he should have probably been expected to do somewhere around 30 easy, and didn't, didn't really happen, so I think strength is kind of going to be a concern. Or at least functional strength, will be a concern for a lot of these GMs now Uh when it comes to Daniel Falele and, and evaluating his tape and weight and uh stuff like that in general. Obviously, did not do good in the vertical. And, you know, the 40-yard dash really is a concern. Um, You know, obviously, look, the dude is 400 pounds. He's 6'8". But at the same time, I do think there's part of it where it's just like, you know, you expect a little bit more speed. And I do think even though we're talking about offensive tackles, speed is important, right? In terms of how you're able to get to the second level and get downfield. And those problems do show up for Falele on tape sometimes, uh, in addition to his work at the senior bowl a little bit. So uh, to me, you know, pretty bad combine for Daniel Falele, but I guess I didn't really expect him to have a good one. So to me, he's a guy that maybe could have gone in the second round, but probably drops maybe to the third or fourth. We'll have to wait and see as time will tell uh, on that one. But uh, let's talk about some of these other guys. We already talked about Jordan Davis. Uh, We already talked about Travis Jones. I might have saved some of these images twice um, in all fairness, but let me just see if I can find um, some of these other things. I did want to talk a little bit about the corners because there weren't a lot of corners who um, performed to the degree that I think a lot of people expected them to. We'll get to the corners in just a second because I did want to talk about Trevor Penning. Trevor Penning is a guy that I think a lot of people have talked about uh, for the Chargers at 17 and tested like a lot of people thought he would. I know Brandon Thorne, as well as uh, some of the other o- offensive line experts, did really expect Trevor Penning to test well, uh, and he did. He ended up running a really fast 40. Um, he had great agility grades too, which is kind of a little bit rare for an offensive lineman, so that kind of speaks to his like quick feet and all that. Obviously, probably will need to put some weight on in the next level, but even at his current weight, he tested really well at the Combine. Um, so, you know, Trevor Penning is, is going to be interesting as to where evaluators see him because me, Tyler, and Steven don't really have him above uh, offensive tackle three or four in our rankings. But, you know, you take uh, Icky Iquanu off the board, you take Evan Neal off the board, and then suddenly you're kind of betting on some of that, uh, you know, top end athletic talent maybe by the time you're around the 15th pick. And Trevor Penning actually graded very similarly to a 2018 offensive tackle who the Raiders took in Colton Miller at 15. Obviously, every offensive tackle class is different, but I think that kind of gives you an idea a little bit of where the league kind of like sees Trevor Penning. I do think that he is kind of a possibility for the Chargers at 17. I don't think they're going to necessarily take an offensive tackle back-to-back years. Depends on what they do in free agency as well. But to me, Penning put himself in a position where he's probably very likely to go somewhere in that 15 to 21 range now, um, which does include the chargers kind of in that list of teams potentially uh, to, you know, draft him. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, We talked about a Jabo a little bit earlier, and then we also have to talk about George Karlaftis. George Karlaftis ended up uh, having a good, you know, did some positional drills, had a good explosiveness grade, didn't grade well in terms of his size, but of course made the decision to not run the 40-yard dash um, and not really do the three-cone, 20-yard split, 10-yard split as well. So, um, you know, some evaluators will take that as a positive thing, and they were talking about that on NFL uh, Network as well. It's like, oh, he's a he's a gritty guy. He likes to do the positional drills. But at the same time, I think one of the key question marks with Carl when you compare him to his draft classmates is, you know, the fact that the lack of athleticism is kind of noticeable, even though he makes it up for it in other ways. And um, I'm, I'm just going to be curious at the end of the day, if not running the 40 and, and not doing that stuff uh, at the combine kind of comes back to bite him a little bit, at least in comparison to a player like David Ajabo um, or some of the other edges who could go in round one. Uh, so that'll that that that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, let me find where I put the cornerbacks. I probably should have labeled these. That would have been a really great idea. Uh, but sadly, I did not. Uh, oh, Alave is another receiver we have to talk about. I did want to mention him really quickly because he did really good in terms of the 40-yard dash. Uh, was never going to measure well in terms of size. And I think that's also kind of the same thing with Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson isn't built too much differently than Chris Olave is. Um, but his explosiveness grade was actually a little bit low. And I think that's one of the areas where he didn't compare to Garrett Wilson particularly well. But to me, Olave is still going to be a guy who's selected somewhere between 20 and 32 in that range. Wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers took him at 17 either. Um, and then the last player that I do want to talk about. Oh, I did mention Devonte Wyatt earlier. Uh, and this was his RAS score. If you didn't want to take a look at that. Graded as a Uh, 9.63 overall. Just all the Georgia dudes just were absolute freak shows at this combine for whatever reason. Um, Just kind of insane to see. But I did want to talk a little bit about the cornerbacks. I can't quite find where I you know placed all of those graphics that I saved. But let's talk a little bit about Sauce Gardner because he was one of the few cornerbacks to do at least most of the drills at the combine. Uh, didn't do them all, so he doesn't have a, a, a composite score for the RAS grade. But uh, you look at the 40 yard dash, which is what people were really wondering about. And I remember on Twitter, there were people very scared about the fact that Sauce ran a 452, I think originally. But then they were like, no, 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 that's a 441. <laughs> and they corrected that. Um, and for someone of his size to be able to run that, as, as well as his, as his length, too, because his arms are just insane like uh, Kevin Durant playing corner Um, it's just insane to watch when you talk about Sauce Gardner but to me this combine really established that Sauce Gardner is cornerback one in this class and I think everyone around the league views him that way Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see uh, what what happens with the cornerbacks behind him Uh, I will mention Trent McDuffie McDuffie didn't do all the combine drills either but he ended up running a 4-4-4 uh, which was 0.03 behind Ahmad Gardner, but still a very good time for a cornerback of his size as well. Um, so McDuffie might be in a position to kind of compete for that CB2 role. And then I think if we're talking about losers of the cornerback class from the combine, obviously didn't participate because of his list Frank injury, but there has been a lot of talk around the combine and a lot of the quarterback cornerback class that Derek Stingley is a guy that could potentially drop And if that happens, you know, I think that will be because of his injuries, uh, his injury history, and the fact that he wasn't able to, you know, produce at the combine like Sauce Gardner uh, and Trent McDuffie and some of these guys. So to me, it it would not shock me at all if Derek Stingley really starts to drop from a guy who probably could have been cornerback one in the fall to a guy who's maybe CB four or five right now and is going to be taken in the back half of the first round. Um, which is, which is kind of crazy to say that's, uh, you know, sentence out loud, but to me, that's just kind of where we are with Derek Stingley. Anyways, uh, let me know what you guys think in the comments down below about some of these crazy RAS scores. Who was one of your favorite guys at the combine? Who do you think kind of lost it at the combine? Let me know in the comments down below, who do you want the chargers to draft out of these list of guys that I mentioned? Uh, and as always,